We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Johnny Manziel, years later, how am I the, the man, man still? still? Let's go. Both of those guys he named suck. Yeah, right? <laughs> They're terrible. <laughs> it was Wiggins and Manziel. Yo, hold on. You're moving the whole table. My table bad, my bad. Jeez, slow down, baby. Slow down. Oh, you standing up? You about to get a light? Yo, I'm here in the freestyle in the building. <laughs> it be in the building, man. We're going to talk a little You should NFL, just do standing up the whole NFL time. Draft. Oh, I'd have to adjust the cameras because then it's going to be on the, the strudel, bro. We can't have that. <laughs> Doesn't what's-his-name do standing up? Who? Um, Pat McAfee. He stands up. He does everything. Sits down. That guy's the fucking man. Yeah, he's out Not of bad. control. I'm everything. No, you're good. I, I don't know what's going on. Like, What are you doing over here? It's just I'm trying to get comfortable. Are you excited about having a new quarterback? Yeah. It's going to happen. It was minus 250 the other day. It's probably minus 400 after the pro day. So we're going to talk about the draft, but Is I don't really want to do uh What's up? Are you recording? Yeah, I saw it already. Oh. Wow, are you nervous? I had no idea you started recording. I've been doing that lately just because I like the natural, you know. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm no down. one says anything chaotic to You didn't me. introduce anybody? Nah. You were going to... Last time, last time I, when I had uh, David on, David Hill from The Ringer... About like 12 minutes in, I was like, yeah, I do a terrible job of introducing I my saw guests that like right away. But yeah, man, I just, I press record and we kind of just flow into it. Yeah. Uh, pumped for the draft. Yeah. So what I want to do with this one, not so much, it's going to be a combination of a mock draft, thoughts, general thoughts about players, players, schemes, teams, the whole nine. Yeah. Now, I hate the draft process. Yeah. It's probably my least favorite thing that I do. I feel that. And then draft grades is tied for that. <laughs> Even worse. Nobody knows nothing. I, I think the draft is fun. The draft grades are, are terrible. If you can separate the two, I think you're fine. Because I think, obviously, there's an art to this, right? Obviously, you know, there's a randomness to it, and you can be completely wrong. And But I do think, like, some people are better at it than others. Mm-hmm. You know, when you look at mock drafts, when you do mock drafts in your head, I don't even know what this napkin is about. That's kind of weird. But when you go about the draft process, what's your general draft philosophy? What do you look for? What are you into? What excites you? Uh, good footwork. Good footwork. <laughs> uh, I love high IQ. 
High IQ, yeah. yeah. The draft cliche. Student of the game. Yeah, yeah. High motor guy is usually a slow white dude that just like always makes plays. Quick, quick, deceptively fast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Another is a slot white wide receiver. Yeah, yeah. Um, first one in, last one out kind of guy. Yeah. Um. Um. Lateral, lateral footwork sensational. I don't know. Are you being? You want me to be serious there? No, I'm just saying. Like, what? What do you? What do you look for when? Because, because for me, so what I meant by that is, I don't think anybody really knows what these draft prospects turn into. Because you just look at the history of the draft. It's always if you really look at the first round in particular, a third of them become pro bowlers and all pros. Mm-hmm. A third of them are traded, cut, or released from that first team that drafts them. They don't get a second contract. And then a third of them, the final third, basically they're decade players. Meaning they'll play for 10 plus years, but they'll be like your Matt Slater's, right? They'll turn into Ahmad Bradshaw's, guys that are going to be on a roster for about a decade. And they're going to be very okay. That's the whole first round. Okay. So how do you identify which one's going to be which? You can't. Because I remember everyone was like, yo, how does Dwayne Haskins fall to 15? Congrats. Off the team in 18 games. So nobody knows is, is always my approach. Now, I do like the idea of, and what I like to do is team need. Yeah. Right? So you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, right? You need a quarterback. So them taking a quarterback, I understand. Trevor Lawrence is going to be unanimous. He's like minus 10,000. Urban Meyer took the job knowing that he was going to take Trevor Lawrence. Right. If you're a team like Detroit, right, you have a lot of holes. There, that goes to what your draft board is, what you think. Should it be a quarterback now that Matthew Stafford left? Stopgap with Jared Goff. If you're a team like Atlanta and they're rumored to draft Pitts, like, I don't get it. You just signed Austin Hooper to a relatively decent-sized contract. So when I approach the draft, I look at it more so as, what does that team need? Okay. And you don't worry about best player available and not worry about missing at higher, higher up at the top of the draft. That's not something that you think about. No, because I think, well, it's all subjective to what your team is is currently, right? One of the reasons why... I always say that if you have a quarterback, you get away with a lot of funky shit. Yeah. Remember when the Colts? Philip Dorsett. The fuck was Philip Dorsett? He ran <laughs> a, a fast 40, and all of a sudden he's a first-round pick. They took that French kid. No, not French. He was like German, Werner, Borner. He was the defensive end from Florida State. Okay. He was like a, a project. He was a raw project kind of player. They took him in the first round. So when you have a quarterback, you could cover up all the holes on your roster when you miss in the first round. Now, when you don't, if you're Jacksonville and you miss on Trevor Lawrence, which I'm not saying that's going to happen, but the concept behind it, that looks even worse. That's when people get fired. I, I wanted to. That's funny that you went that way because I wanted to mention that it's also the safe thing to do is take Trevor Lawrence, right? You, you think about the new regime in there, right? Trent Balky, you think about Urban Meyer, and you think of the new staff in Jacksonville. For the past three, four years, we've been fed Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, right? Mm. It's the safe pick. If you pick him and it doesn't work out, you say everyone else was going to pick him. Okay, so that's another complaint that I have. So, But it's it's absolutely true. Right, but again, that's all subjective to whose mock drafts you're a fan of, who are the pundits that you're listening to. Because when you hear a guy fell in the draft, that's according to who? Yeah, that's fair. Because to the media. It's to the media, the general media. If I make a mock draft, right? Like when I play fantasy football, I make a mock draft. I I rank the players according to what I like. I really spend the entire month of August until I draft. Also, you know, I only, we only do one draft, so it's easier for me. So when I take a guy with the eighth pick, Matthew Berry might have him number two. I might have him number eight. So to me, I got him right. That's the right value where I got him. You might be looking at Matthew Berry and be like, yo, you got to steal, son. How do you drop all the way? But that's according to who you're a fan of and you're following. 
I agree. Although I will say this Trevor Lawrence situation, I think, is completely different. Yes, I, I'm not saying. Okay, Trevor okay, Lawrence, okay, okay. Like, yes, in yes, general, I get absolutely, that. Yes, absolutely. I'm on board, but I'm saying in general, when a guy, when you hear the term, "Oh, that's a steal," he dropped in the draft, Impy. Well, that's according to whose mock draft that you're listening to and following. Without a doubt. And also what front offices do, by the way, is they have friends in the media. You don't think they try to either keep guys' names down or try to pump other guys' names up to potentially, you know, you know, uh, you know, let's not let's not talk too much about this guy. We really like him at the back half back half of the first round or early in the second round. Don't uh you know, don't talk about this guy too much. What do they say? Smoke screens? Uh, uh, yeah, it's smoke like, screen. All smoke, yeah. yeah all yeah, smoke, no fire. Yeah, it's a smoke screen. Oh, man, they're going to take this guy, number two, and then... So, and that's why I love Sims, man. We, we were talking about who breaks down quarterbacks and whose mock drafts do you kind of opt into and who's, you know, which of these analysts do you like? I like Sims the mm. most because he says it all the time. He has aspirations to be in a front office. He has aspirations to be a GM or, or, or a player personnel guy. So he always, you know, he always references this statement like if I'm ever, you know, taking an interview in five, ten years and an owner asks me, oh, you put, you know, this quarterback ahead of this quarterback. Like he had two a like third, I think, last year. And everyone thought like, oh, he was crazy for having two a third. He had Burrow first, Herbert second, two a third. Right. Not not for nothing. It's kind of he, he kind of looked right there. Mm. And the year before or, or two years before that, he had. Mahomes first, you know, he he had all of the, he had he him at the top. He had Lamar Jackson at the top that year. Um he's he's hit pretty 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 high numbers here. He's also hit on Josh Allen. So I, I like the guys who have no like skin in the game who, or who or the guys who basically say like I want to do this. I'm not going to just, you know, put this content out for clickbait. You know what I'm trying to say? He he really takes pride in his rankings and he really takes pride in his evaluations because he wants to do it. He's not just this guy talking shit on ESPN. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's kind of, you know, one of the reasons why I, I really gravitate towards Sims. Chris Sims is who I'm referring to, by the way. Pro Football Talk, NBC Sports. Yeah, former quarterback in the league, too. Yeah. Phil Sims' son. Yeah. Um, Lefty gang. Lefty stroke. He uh, he was in the Patriots organization. He was with the Bucks too. With the Bucks too. I think he made the playoffs with the Bucks. Mike Allstott. He's super tight with Kyle Shanahan. He's tight with a bunch of people, but um, big, big Chris Sims fan. Big Chris Sims fan. So when you look at mock drafts, um, w- which ones do you like looking at? Do you like ones that are based on team need or best player available? What is your preference? Um... I feel like uh, do what you think a lot of mock drafts look the same. Yeah, that's fair. Especially the first like fifteen picks. Yeah, it's like oh, this team needs a corner. Who's the first corner of it? Who's the best corner? The consensus best corner. Okay, he's going to that team, right? That's kind of they start to lose me after like pick twenty. A lot of the draft cliches all start to pop up, and not so much in football, more so in like the NBA. Yeah, where you'll get some kid from like Hofstra. It's where, where you might not you might not see him is what I'm saying. Yeah. So you're basing that all off highlight tapes. You couldn't be more right because these NFL teams they put grades on all of these players, right? And to them, it's like okay, this guy who is you know, I'm doing air quotes here if you can't watch the video. He's projected to be a top five pick, right? And, you know, there's like three stud receivers this year, right? It's like, okay, well, they've graded them all pretty damn close. It's like, you know, we don't have to, you know, force one of these wide receivers, you know, down our throat. We can kind of wait and take another one who's maybe not as highly touted. And if they're all graded the same. So I'm with you. It's it's all smoke, bro. It's Teams rate their guys. And they, they see where they fall. If they want to move up and take a player, they'll do that. It's uh, I really don't love mock drafts either, dude. I really don't. I'm, I'm with you on that. It's not exciting. Yeah. It's it's cool to have people that you're a fan of. Like who's So you said Chris Sims. Is that just for quarterbacks? Say, yeah, like? mainly just quarterbacks. But, you know, I'm, I'm kind of – I read the Chris Sims gospel. He evaluates all positions. He'll do wide receivers. Obviously, he'll do – you know, edge rushers, he'll do corners and safeties. He'll kind of break it up in that way. And then he'll give, like, top five, top six players at that position. He doesn't really do mock drafts because he kind of subscribes to what you're saying. You know, he doesn't he, – he he rather just rank his guys. That's it because mm. that's what he does. He does player evaluation. He's not going to sit here and pretend like he knows who's going to trade up for who and who's going to do that. He just rates the guys and leaves them at that, leaves it at that, and he takes pride in it. What position do you like following the most when it comes to draft season? quarterbacks 
Because these are going to be the future stars in the NFL. Right? That's the way I see it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's fun whenever there's a draft class like this where you got so many names that are going to go in the first round. A lot of quarterbacks. You know, I mean, there's there's a way, dude, where the first five picks could all be – well, the first four picks can all be quarterbacks, depending on what you think Atlanta does. Yep. Um, but, you know, obviously Trevor Lawrence to Jacksonville, that's like – you know, Booked. Yeah, it's booked. That's it's been booked, booked since – <laughs> for that was the tank for Trevor. It was booked when the Jets won that game at the end of the year last year, right? That's right. Yeah, that game that they ended up winning. Yeah. So I do think that the draft really starts at three. Oh, so you're sold yep, on it's happening. Zach Wilson to the Jets. Thoughts? Stud. Best quarterback in the draft. Stud. Really? Yeah. Even stud. better than Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Okay. Um I don't here's the thing. I don't agree with that That's sentiment, cool. but I do like Zach Wilson. He fits the mold of the quarterback that I like. Mahomes, Rodgers. No, 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 no. Now, listen, we need to stop comparing fucking quarterbacks to Mahomes and Rodgers. Watch. They are, Watch. What I was saying is that he went to BYU. I love a quarterback that plays at slap dick schools like that. And what I mean by that is no disrespect to BYU, but you're not Bama. You're not Michigan. Yeah. You're not Clemson. You're not Aussie. Your talent around you ain't that you're, elite. You're not a national power that makes the Final Four. I love I, – I, I kind of think that's overrated, right? It's like, oh, he didn't go up against great talent. All right. What about the talent surrounding him? Like, he wasn't throwing to first-round wide receivers like Mac Jones was. And I like Mac Jones too, by the way. I'm not saying that to slight Mac Jones in any way. You know, or he's not throwing to the receivers that Trevor Lawrence is throwing to. Trevor Lawrence is throwing to wide-open wide receivers all of the time. Zach Wilson has to fit balls into tight windows all of the time. Bro, his mechanics are flawless. He's going to be a stud. Unreal arm, dude. Super athletic. Like, he's going to be better than Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> I'm on I'm on NFL.com right now, and I'm reading an article <clears throat> ranking the 59 starting quarterbacks entering 2021. I'm going to mention them to you. And let's not go with, oh, nah, he should be three. I'm going to mention the 10 that they have, and I'm going to mention the school that they went to. Half of them did not go to your... They they are power five schools. Don't get it twisted. But they're not your national championship kind of teams. Aaron Rodgers, Cal. Cal. Tom Brady, Michigan. Mahomes, Texas Tech. Watson, Clemson. Josh Allen, Wyoming. Russell Wilson, NC State, Wisconsin, but majority of his career, NC State. Lamar Jackson, Louisville. Ryan Tannehill, Texas A&M. Yep. Prior to <laughs> Converted Manziel. wide receiver. Converted wide receiver. Justin Herbert, Oregon, which the knock on Oregon all these years was one read and they go, meaning go like they're going to tuck and run. It was Mariota. It's all those like random Hawaiian dudes that will come in. And then Kyler Murray coming out of Oklahoma. So you get what I'm saying? Yeah. These quarterbacks, they're not coming from teams that are winning national championships and they got five-star recruits all over. Yeah. And that's the knock that I think you see with guys like that come from Alabama. Yeah. All these quarterbacks that come from Bama who, Tua, I'm going to give him a little, the benefit of the doubt right now because he's coming off that serious injury. But like Mac Jones. I like Mac Jones too. Can make all the throws. That's one of the worst. I hate he can though, but that you should be able to. But it's not the same, bro. That's not an impressive. Okay, watch Alabama. No, see, you have to watch Alabama with Tua at the helm and watch Alabama with Mac Jones at the helm. The offense is completely different. Completely different. Tua read option. If it's not there, slant. If not, it's a deep pass. Mac Jones, he's evaluating. He's three, four, five reads. I'm telling you, it's night and day different. Tua and Mac Jones, completely different. I'm telling you, straight up. Like, yo, you're going to laugh. You want to hear like a comparison I have for Mac Jones? Like a Phillip Rivers. He's not mobile, uh-huh. right? But he can stand in the pocket. He's big, extremely accurate, can, can kind of go through the motions. I'm telling you, Mac Jones is going to be a lot better than people think. 
Okay. And, and that, but he's an Alabama guy, which is fair. But the offense was different. Less bullshit slip screens, more vertical, less less like college offense, more of a more of a pro style offense. Was with Mac Jones, night and day. Watch. Okay. Does it concern you at all that he's a one year starter? No, because that's Alabama. What are you gonna do? Like, Tua played multiple years. Yeah, but didn't he come in the second year? Like halfway through this year, or was that the third year? That was the third year. Okay. Look, two is awesome or good, right? Great, right? But we're, to- we're talking about him at Bama, yeah, right now, right? Now, I, what's happening in the NFL? It's ju- it was just a different offense. Like the Tua stuff was very collegey. It was very I don't want to say gimmicky, but it was very like okay, I'm 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 making one read and I'm making a decision. If it's not there, I'll run and I'll tuck it or I'll throw it away. Like Mac Jones, the offense is way more intricate. Like they, they're, he's just like not that mobile. Like that's the thing. Like I'm telling you, Mac Jones is probably gonna go third. And people thought, or like people thought he was gonna make it to 15. Like I think the Patriots draft 15. He's gonna get taken third. Shanahan, who does, or or even like a Matt Ryan comparison. Big tall dude in the pocket, like extremely accurate, super smart. Like, yo, they're raving about Mac Jones' IQ. That's another one, obviously, like football IQ. But that's another one where he's, like, really re- super smart Joe Burrow-like. Uh, night and day different, for sure. Yo, I know you're, you're thinking I'm crazy, but it's Man, true. So he just has a, is a lot of red flags for me that are concerning with him. If he goes to San Francisco, that is probably the best landing spot for him because Kyle Shanahan has done wonders with dirt at quarterback <laughs> all, this, all this time. Yeah. And then that's the only thing that will make me feel better because he's going to go to a guy that knows what to do with quarterbacks that are not as talented. Now, here's the thing, though. He's a one-year starter. He's coming from Alabama, who they have two wide receivers projected in the top 20 consensus. Yeah. And they have that running back, Harris, that's, that's probably going to go at the end of the first or early yeah. second. Or if, if not, he should be like a top three running back. He'll be starting on your fantasy team next year. So I'm not as optimistic as you are. I like Zach Wilson better because Zach Wilson, to play himself <laughs> into this position to be a top three pick coming from BYU, that, that just means – so. I had this conversation with my friend Jess. She does a podcast called Pick Skins and Pageantry. And shout out to Wes and Matt. And, you know, it's an SEC podcast. And I've been on it a couple of times. And she was on the show, too, before the national championship. And I was actually talking about Mac Jones and Justin Fields. And then I also brought up a guy like Zach Wilson, where if I have three prospects that I think all are the same, I'm going to go with the guy coming from a lesser school that elevated himself to be in that tier with those other guys. I like it. Because that just means more to me because he's not doing it with Devontae Smith and and Waddle and all these guys that are going to be top picks. Yeah. That just means that he's more productive with less around him. I couldn't agree with you more. And what you're saying will boost up uh, Zach Wilson, right? And it will kind of... You know, it could potentially throw some shade on, on a, a Mac Jones, right, to your point. But also, uh, also a Trevor Lawrence... Think about Trevor Lawrence. He's been on the best. Every game Trevor Lawrence played, he was on the best team. He had the best players around him. And not for nothing, yo, the conference that he played in, not that elite. ACC, mm-hmm. couple good teams. The rest, not that good. And also, when you think about some of these other college schools where, like, you, you try to like you try to shit on Zach Wilson. You say, like, oh, he played on BYU and he played against really bad schools, like, College defenses aren't that elite, right? Like, there's some big fucking shootouts, right? 45-52s, 42-49s. Like, let's not sit here and pretend like some of these defenses in the in college football are elite where you're going up against, like, legit NFL stars. Like, a lot of the NFL talent is, like, in the SEC. You know what I'm trying to say? It's spread out across the other the board, too, but it's, it's in specific places. So, I hate when people say, like, oh, he didn't play against good talent, like, some of these dudes played on the best teams in the league, and, and their opponents weren't that great either. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, let, let's cut it out. That's a good point about the SEC and some of the defenses. And even if you look at a dude like Mahomes and, and Baker and Kyler Murray, when they came out, they were playing in arcade offenses too and against defenses that were shitty. There was the Baker-Mahomes game that was like 68-57 or some shit. Without a doubt. And a lot of the slights that you want to throw on a Zach Wilson or you want to throw on a Mahomes, right, it's it's – 
oh, he he, you know, turned the ball over a little bit. Yeah, because his team isn't good, and he had to score on every single drive. And if he didn't score on every single drive, they lost the game because he had to put up 50 points a game. So excuse me if he potentially made one or two bad decisions. He was trying to make up for everything that his team lacked. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, I, it's it's night and day, man. It's it's interesting, and I'm pumped about Zach Wilson, dude. I know you called me crazy for saying Mahomes. But he really has that that like that that freestyle in him, that backyard football, that improvisational type of game where he can roll to the right, roll to the left. He doesn't run to run. He runs to find space and then beat you down the field with his fucking hose of an arm. Do you get turned on by pro days? Um, not really. But Zach Wilson's pro day was sensational because like Okay, everyone's seen the throw that he made, right? The rolling to the left. Yeah. And off you feel his like a post. Foot. Yeah. Yeah, 60 yards down the field. And then it was a Trey Wingo and Lewis Riddick went on Twitter the next day and said, oh, I've never seen anyone make that throw before. And they and they tweet the video of Sam Darnold, Darnold making the throw. That. Like in an NFL game. Which is cool. He's right. wearing pads. He's wearing a helmet. And, and he's making that throw. You're and right. against NFL defense. Against NFL defense. That's right. But... It wasn't as long of a throw. It wasn't as strong of a throw. And three, let me give you the third. Yes, it was a pro day. But he was confident in himself enough with everyone watching, every NFL team watching, to basically say, I'm confident in myself. I can make this throw, and I could do it like nothing. Mm-hmm. And that's what he did. Not, other guys aren't doing that in their pro days. You know what I'm saying? Like, okay, Jamarcus Russell threw the ball on his knee 80 yards. That's cool. Like, it's not the same. Like... This guy made all of the throws with, with like rolling to the left, rolling to the right, just unreal off his back foot in the air. Like he can make all of those types of Rogers throws where like that's why I get excited. And Rod was it Matt Lafleur is is uh is Rogers head coach in in Green Bay. Yeah, Mike Lafleur, his is, brother is, is the a, offensive coordinator yeah. with the Jets now. There's a lot of similarities, man. Like the throwing on the run, the BYU offense, like it wasn't as gimmicky. Like, I mentioned this before about, like, the two offenses. Like, think about Trevor Lawrence, too. Trevor Lawrence completes 75% of his passes because he's throwing 11 screens a game. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, of course, Zach Wilson's per- completion percentages well, uh, it aren't going to be as high. He's fucking, you know, he he's ripping lasers 40-yard 40, 40 ins. Uh, you know, it's like, it's it's different. Yeah, well, completion percentage in general has become a very misleading statistic in football. Oh, man. You, you really have to... The- Drew Brees and like Sam Bradford have led, not led, have set NFL historical seasons with completion percentage. And it's all checkdowns. It's all to Camara underneath. It's all to Michael Thomas. So I got into a debate and on Twitter, and someone said that I was crazy and I should watch. I should watch, which is always funny when they tell me to watch football because that's like the only thing that I really watch. <laughs> but it's it was very misleading, bro. Go back and watch Michael Thomas in 2019. There's a compilation on YouTube. You, on YouTube, I think you sent me it before. Yeah, it's on YouTube, not the other tube, right? I see how you get all jacked up over there. But yo, know, about 120 of his passes are all underneath 10 yards from the line of scrimmage. Yeah. So completion percentage is misleading. Yeah. I think interceptions are misleading too. Yeah. Throw throw picks. If you throw an interception on third and thirteen, I'm not gonna you crucify know, you yeah. for that. Where don't throw interceptions inside your twenty and inside their twenty, yeah. right? Because then it's a short field for you. It's basically a bona fide punt if you're throwing a pick on like third and eighteen. Yeah, that's just how I feel. My question to you now is, what happens with Sam Darnold? He'll probably get traded for something similar to Carson Wentz. Third round picks. It'll be a it'll be a trade. I'm I could like Denver makes a lot of sense. I think potentially Carolina could make some sense. Although I think Carolina, I, I don't know. I really think the Niners are going to take Mac Jones, and so we'll see what Carolina does in the draft. But I think Denver's a, a I think Denver's an interesting place. There's a couple other places he could go, but the truth is, there's two reasons. You'd think, oh, we could just keep Sam Donald on our bench and we'll start. Nope. You don't exactly. You it's shook not, your head. It's not. You don't want to bring a rookie number two pick in to compete with Sam Donald. With a young guy under a new regime, that's like having uh, 
That's like finding a new girlfriend and having your ex-girlfriend still living at your apartment. Nope. It's just not going to work out. Not going to work out. Wow. That was an interesting. Was that a good analogy? Though? Yeah. That was pretty popping. I'm proud of myself for that one. And it's nothing against Sam Donald, man, because he could probably go somewhere else and be a pretty solid quarterback, too. But it's just. And another thing is the contract. Ideal situation for him. Carbon copy of Ryan Tannehill's career. Yeah. Perfect landing spot. Pittsburgh. Yeah. Well, the problem with Pittsburgh is. Okay, the problem with Pittsburgh is if he goes to Pittsburgh this year, he'll sit on the bench as the backup. But it'll be a great it'll be a great backup in case Ben gets hurt. I'm with you there. But here's the problem with Pittsburgh. He goes to Pittsburgh this year, his contract is like eight, nine million dollars this year. Perfect. That's actually mm-hmm. low for a backup. Pretty good backup, right? right? Next year, you know what his contract is? Like twenty five million dollars. I think the problem I don't know if Pittsburgh would keep him as a backup this year and then Opt into that twenty-five million dollar contract next year because Big Ben may want to play next year too. I don't. I I like it as a backup. I think he goes somewhere where he could prove it this year and then he potentially being the quarterback next year. That's what I think. So that's why I said like a Carolina or maybe a Denver where you know he has that opportunity to prove it and then be the quarterback down the line. That's the way I see it. But you never really know. You're going to get, you know, I, I think the trade is going to be like a third-round pick that maybe becomes a second-round pick if Darnold plays with some type of, like, kickers in it, mm. you know, similar to the Wentz deal. The Wentz deal becomes a first-round pick or a first and a second or something like that if Wentz plays 14 games. Or, yeah, and if they make the playoffs, it's one of those weird contracts. That's going to be the same Darnold trade. base. It's going to be the same Darnold trade. Well, I think with Pittsburgh, what's interesting about going there is, one, they have a pretty talented roster, which I think Big Ben holds them back. That's valid. And it's weird because we saw, we, we've seen two versions of the Steelers the last two years. We saw one without Ben, and everyone was salivating at the mouth. I actually had them to win the division last year, plus 375. Shouts to me, pat myself on the back, any chance I get, because they were getting Ben back. Now, though, I think Ben is good enough to be the Steeler quarterback because what Steelers the Steelers have on their roster sucks quarterback-wise. But I do think he holds them back from what their ceiling could be. They should go back to old-time Steeler football. Instead of throwing the ball 50 times a game, let's pound the rock and throw yeah, it 20 times a, a game. There's an issue, though. They are more talented and stacked at wide receiver than they are at running back. I yeah. think Steelers go after a running back, whether in the draft. or I mean, there's no one really in free agency right now that's available that can have an impact like that. But if I'm Sam Darnold, I'm kind of li- – and if you're and, – and if you're – Anyone like Sam Darnold, I think what you're looking at is exactly what Ryan Tannehill did. Yeah. You go to a team that has a very suspect starting quarterback that if he has a two, three game stretch that's bad, they're going to pull the plug on him, i.e. Mariota, right? Mariota, a lot of question marks. Can he stay healthy? Let's get Ryan Tannehill an experienced starter. What happens? Tannehill gets thrown in. They go on that run. Contract. In the pats, gets paid. Contract extension, now he's the guy in Tennessee, no questions asked. That's what I think the most optimal route for a resurgence for Sam Darnold would be. Yeah. I just would – I just – the thing is, I agree with you. I just don't think he's going to – I don't think he's going to sit on the bench. I think he's still in high, held in high enough regard where wherever he lands, he can you know, battle for a starting quarterback job and get said starting quarterback job. That's just – I don't think he's going to want to go somewhere and say, I'm, I'm cool with sitting. The team has a 50-year player option on him, which would be for $18 million. I got it right here in front of me. So he, he could be a free agent after this season. Yeah. So say you're Pittsburgh, what you could do is, and if you're Sam Darnold, you go to, you go to a team like Pittsburgh – you sit if you come in and you step in and you go on a Ryan Tannehill type run, you can maybe get franchised. You get franchised, you're gonna make north of thirty five million. Yeah. Take that one year deal, you bet on yourself. You know, I kinda of love that shit. And then from there you test the waters after. Yeah. You're a quarterback. You're not as likely when you get franchised dude, ask Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins has made the most money of any player in the last decade in the NFL. Because of the two years he got yeah, franchised yeah, yeah. and then his contract, which was ridiculous, where he really started have you noticed some of the contracts lately? Well, he got the big guaranteed money. Yeah, but he also took like a three-year deal as opposed to a seven-year deal because he's like, yo, I'll take a lesser duration 
Or more guaranteed money. Yeah. I, well, I feel like that was Revis. I feel like Revis started that. Remember when Revis signed that first deal with, well, he got traded to Tampa and then he re-signed or something? He got like the, one of the first like all guaranteed deals. It was a ver- the the beginning of the front-loaded stuff. And then even with like Drew Brees. Yeah. Drew Brees got that too. So it's going to be fun to see what happens what happens with the with the Jets there. Obviously, I think that Sam Darnold eventually does go. So you're you're hell bent on Mac Jones being third? Yes. Because look, let me explain to you. Let me it's it's almost to me it's like a process of elimination. You don't trade up to third and take a project. Although you do have Jimmy G. Well, hold on. Who's the project? Trey Lance. You don't like Justin Fields? I like Justin Fields. But I'm a little higher on Mac. Yeah. Well, the Niners, uh, I just want to put this out there because I've been seeing some people talk about, like, you know, if, if you're playing fantasy football, it'd be dope if, like, Kyle Pitts goes to San Fran. Not they, happening. They, yeah, it's not happening. If you trade up in the draft, you're going to get a quarterback. They're taking a quarterback. Yeah, they're taking a quarterback. Okay, so... Man, I don't know what's up with Justin Fields. How come so so many people are off him? I mean, look, you know me. I'm not. I don't. I'm not a professional football evaluator, but the consensus is there are some mechanic issues. He's sensational throwing the ball down the field, and he's a sensational runner. But there's you know some some you know <laughs> there's some footwork issues. There's some, <laughs> no, no, it's it's true. Nah, I'm laughing because of like that's our thing, right? Good yeah, footwork, good footwork. Good there's, there's some the pocket. There's some mechanic issues with Justin Fields. A little inconsistencies. He's airmailed some balls, and again, Ohio State stacked runs through the conference. You know what I mean? Justin, it was Justin Fields and Trevor Lawrence who were fed to us from high school. These are going to be the best quarterbacks. They went to the best college teams. They were the most successful in college. And it's these are the guys. These are the guys. These are the guys. But, you know, Trey Lance has some real big upside, but he played in one game last year, and Trey Lance played in about four, 14 games the year before. And in said games, you know, he was, a, he was a quintessential dual threat quarterback. There were some games where Trey Lance threw the ball 14, 15 times. There's just not enough. You know what I mean? That's why I say Trey Lance is a little bit of a project. That's why Trey Lance to like Atlanta, I think, could make some sense because you could sit behind Matt Ryan. You know, he needs some time to develop. And, you know, you know, Mac Jones could play starting quarterback on day one and uh, week one of the NFL season. That's why I I think they may just take Mac Jones at three and give him the keys. Can I give you some stats on Zach Wilson to get you a little stimulated? You don't have to. Uh, there's nothing that you can tell me that won't get me as excited as I am about Mac, uh, Zach Wilson. Okay. But no, start. no, I know. This This is pretty interesting. 30-yard um, throws down the field in 2020. Zach Wilson, 28 passes, completed 20 with three drops. <laughs> 82% adjusted completion percentage. Power 5 NCAA average is 38%. His is surpassed that at 82%. Patrick Mahomes, 30-plus yard throws in 2020, 32 passes, 10 completions, 2 drops, 38% adjustment, NFL league average, 36%. He's got a hose. Look, I can't take credit. Sim says it the best. I'll just regurgitate. That's a bar, by the way. Regurgitate, right? I'm adding. Let me put that one down. Zach Wilson. All right, cool. I, I love the way he explains it because because I grew up playing baseball, so it's easier for me to comprehend another good word. And so maybe the listeners out there who play baseball, it'll help them understand a little bit better. If you ask Justin Fields, Trey Lawrence, Trey Lawrence, Trey Lance, <laughs> Trey Lawrence, if you ask Trevor Lawrence, uh, Zach Wilson, uh, Justin Fields, you know, if you ask all of the quarterbacks to line up, and you say throw the football as hard as you can against the wall. Right, maybe Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields will throw the ball 105. Right, they'll throw it harder, and Zach Wilson will throw it 101. Right, just as an example. But Zach Wilson can do it in like in every other way, not like winding up and throwing it as hard as I can. Different arm angles uh, in the air, he can throw it harder, and his arm strength is just unreal when it's not. I'm set up in the pocket and I could just fling it. You know what I'm trying to say? He just has these these this this like unreal improvisational skill, and he's more like consistent with his with his heat. Mm-hmm. 
10 times, Zach Wilson could probably, like, outthrow them. But one time, they may, they may be able to, like, hit the higher mark on the, on the speedometer, if that makes any sense. He, I just, bro, I'm, here's, I'm here, in love with his game. Here's the, thing, here's the thing about these quarterbacks, right? So we have, we have five of them, right? We got Trey Lance, Mac Jones, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, and Trevor Lawrence. And Kellen Mond from Texas A&M. But, sure, but, but he, he's not gonna go. He's gonna go in the first round. Yeah, but not before those guys. No, no, no. It'd be but, shocked. That'd be a. That'd be a whoa. That's a sleeper guy. Yeah. By the way. Okay, so of those fives, fives of those five, one of them is gonna potentially win MVP. The other one, I'm just telling you, like the historical yeah, context yeah. of of the five guys, dude. The last time we've had something like this has been two other times: 2012, 2018, 2012. Tannehill, uh, Brandon Whedon, Andrew Luck, RG3, and then Russell Wilson later, later ended up becoming the guy, right? So the guy that's won a Super Bowl, borderline MVP candidate, Russell Wilson. Then you got Ryan Tannehill, who is still around. Good starter. Good starter. Can win you a playoff game, could take you to the AFC title game. We've seen his ceiling. Andrew Luck retired. He was another guy who MVP. was the guy, right? Yeah. He was the guy. And then you have two guys that fizzled out, RG3 and Brandon Whedon. Let's go to 2018. Baker Mayfield, shown that he could be good the guy last good, year. Good quarterback. Josh Rosen, big L on my Garbage. end. Hot ox, right? Josh Allen. Elite. Small school, top five MVP quarterback. Elite. A top that, five quarterback in the league this year, right? That's fair. Going into next year, yes, he, he's a top five quarterback. And Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, who nobody was on, bro. Nobody Sims, was on. Sims was, but. Sure. But the <laughs> consensus, yeah. right? And, and yo, know, enough with him being a running back. One guy, Bill Polian, said that. And now anytime he makes a crazy throw, it's like, not bad for a running back. It's like, no, one, one legend said he was a running back. And now it's, oh, my God, he's a running back. If you watched him in college, like. He was a quarterback. Yeah. He didn't... Again, he was another guy who, like, of, of course, there were designed runs, but he was another guy, as I mentioned, with, like, a Zach Wilson and a Mahomes or a Rodgers. He was a guy who would run to then try to throw the ball down the field. Right. He, you know, that's... And then the other quarterback that I forgot to mention is Sam Darnold. Yeah. So you got five guys there. It's going to happen with these guys, too. Yeah. So it's identifying which one you like. And you got to go get him, bro. If there's a quarterback that you like, you got to go get him. And I loved I loved what Arizona did just a couple years ago. They really set a new precedent as to what should happen if you think that guy's not guy. your guy. And then that guy is. They take Rosen in the top 10, and then guess what? Next year, we got a new head coach. That head coach comes in. He's like, yo, you know what? I don't like this dude. I like this dude. Bam. We're going to take the first overall pick, a new quarterback. And guess what, bro? Nobody gives a fuck about the Josh Rosen pick because Kyler Murray works. That's why I was telling you before, when you find your quarterback, nobody cares shit. about the shit after that. They just don't. Or before that, and when that, you miss on other quarterbacks. And that scenario reminds you of what's looking like a number two with the Jets, right? New regime comes in, Salah, LaFleur. Uh, well, Douglas was there from the year before, but essentially it's a brand new regime. And they're saying, we want to go with our guy. Can't fault him for that. Can't fault him. You're the way we we sort of started this whole conversation about like the quarterbacks. You're right. It's the most glamorous one. It's the one that gets all the credit. But there are some stallions in this draft too, particular on the offensive side of the ball. And I want you to rank them as far as guys you are excited about at the next level. Jamar Chase, who I thought was the better wide receiver between him and Jefferson, which is crazy because you saw what Jefferson did came in. Fucking top five in yards. Should have been rookie of the year, in my opinion. Played more than Justin Herbert. Also, I just felt like... Let me just ask you this, Wait, man. you think he thought he should have won rookie of the year over Justin Herbert? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Dude, he was like... No, I know. I'm top just... five wide receiver. No, I know. And as a rookie. And also, here's the thing, right? This is going to sound terrible. And it's going to go against a lot of the things that I've said in the past. I feel like you should have gave Justin Jefferson the rookie of the year because there's no way he could win another award again in his career. <laughs> whereas, whereas Justin Herbert's winning MVP this year. Yeah. Let's go, baby. Fist me 20, 25, 25 to one. To one. Pfft, that's on y'all. If you don't bet it, 
the Justin it's, boys. It's, it's the recipe. It's the recipe, right? Second year quarterback. But yo, think about it, right? Like, I don't know. I would have. I, I thought Justin Jefferson was the better player for on offense. I know that sounds weird, but for what he did for Minnesota, Extremely and also productive. when you factor in the the idea of what Diggs did, has there ever been a trade where both teams would do it again? I mean, I'm sure there have been, but this is a perfect example. This is a perfect of, one where, like, both teams are no – one, no one on NFL Twitter can be like, damn, yo, Buffalo got ripped off or Minnesota got ripped off. No. Good trade. Good trade. Helped out Josh Allen in the Bills. They took the next step, and Justin Jefferson stepped in, and you basically forgot about Diggs. Yeah. So you want to ask me about the wide receivers. Yeah. So Jamar Chase – Let's throw in Kyle Pitts also from yeah. Florida. Not a wide receiver, but this new hybrid. He's a new school tight end. Jalen Waddle and Devontae Smith. Now, Waddle, he was a guy who got hurt last year. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of people that I've spoke to that follow the SEC and really know SEC football, and in particular know Bama football, they said he was really the number one. And then that's when Devontae Smith stepped in, which is wild to think what Devontae Smith did last year. Heisman Trophy winner. Heisman Trophy, just ridiculous. The route, everything is just yeah. elite over there. So, who are you the most excited to see? I'd probably say Devontae Smith. <laughs> I know you didn't want me to say that. Uh, no, it's not I didn't want you I, to I, say that. Let me say that. this. I think, I think Jamar Chase probably has the highest floor. He's like the safest one. I think Pitts is. Yeah. Pitts is nasty, Because bro. I, I hear you, but, like, imagine taking a tight end in the top five and, like, he's good, but, like, the team isn't productive or the team isn't good, and then it just looks bad. It's weird, I right? The same Be- thing happened for a wide receiver, though, so who am I to say that? No, nah, but it's weird because Hawkinson was a top ten wide receiver, uh, tight end, um, uh, Eric Ebron also, so it doesn't— The best tight ends are the ones later in the draft, right? Think about the best tight ends in the seems NFL. Seems like it. Seems like it. Where did Waller come from? Practice squad. Where did Kelsey get drafted in the fourth round? Kel, uh, Kittle uh, was Kittle. a fifth-round pick. He was he was also in the same draft class as Evan Ingram, who was taken in the first round, I believe 22nd overall. So, But Pitts is, Pitts is fast, strong, could block, could do it all at yeah. the tight end. But again, it is it's weird, right? Like a, a defensive back will never be a number one pick. Yeah. So it's the same thing with like tight end. You you shouldn't take a guy in the top five, but you know, we do throw the term generational talent a lot, but at tight end, he seems to be one of those guys. I, the reason I said Devonta Smith is because um I mean the route running is super nasty, elite. Um and and sorry, let me start with like the flaws, right? Or like the knocks. The size is it, right? That's really it, is the size. But like what he did last year, I mentioned, like, the types of offenses, right? Like, he wasn't afraid of contact. So, like, the one thing that I say is, like, he is small. He will get bigger. He will get stronger in an NFL program. But, like, he doesn't play small. He, like, tries to run people over, and he, like, runs into contact. He's not afraid of contact, and he's so quick, you can't really jam him at the line anyway. So, he just—the size thing, I'm not as worried about. You know, but I do think Jamar Chase has the higher floor because I just think he's nasty and he's good enough to like not play last year, right? <laughs> yeah, and to still be considered, still be considered, and so is Penny Suell, the offensive lineman from Oregon too, who didn't play last year, and he's probably still going to go in the top five as well. What do you make of what do you make of the Giants? I'm looking at some mock drafts and they got them taking a wide receiver, just a wide receiver. Some have Devontae Smith. Have like why? Why would the Giants take a wide receiver? I don't get it. I don't know. They get Kenny Galladay. They got Sterling Shepard. They got Evan Ingram. They got Darius Slayton. Like, wide receiver isn't a need. The only justification to that would be that you want to give as much shit to just to Daniel, to Daniel Jones. Jones and be like, yo, fam, if you can't succeed like this, then it's a wrap for you. Or you just know that these guys are elite and you know they're, they're can't miss and you just the want to take player. the safe pick. Yo, it's funny that you brought up the Giants because... I feel like Giants Twitter is still mad at Gettleman for taking Saquon too. Is that a thing still? Like, oh, you could have like look at what look at what the look at what the Dolphins got in the hall for the third pick. If you wanted to take Saquon, you knew quarterbacks were gonna go at the top of that draft. You could have moved back maybe a couple spots and potentially have taken Saquon later in the draft. Like, is that a thing that 
do you know of in Giants, like the Giants fan base getting mad at like Edelman for still? It is something that they hold against them. It's also when you take, again, we're always going to revisit this, number one, because I'm a Giants fan, and number two, because it was such a polarizing decision. When you take a running back that high, you're telling your fan base, you're telling your team, you're telling everybody that's following the sport, yo, he's our missing piece. Our team is ready to win a Super Bowl. We could use a stud running back. The Giants were not in that position. How Eli Manning was tailing off. And again, we have to remember, it's easy to say this now because of how things played out. But at the time, Sam Darnold should have been number one. Baker was sort of a project. Josh Rosen was highly touted. Josh Allen fit the mold of what I was saying coming from a small school. You also had Lamar Jackson. But at the time, the decision should have been to take a quarterback because the team was not ready to win a Super Bowl. I, I'm, I'm with you, but I'm even just thinking about it from the perspective of do you if you want to take the running back, that's cool. Don't take them at two. If you can gain a first-round pick and move back a couple spots. You could do that, it seems like, with any— it's, And it's easy to say in hindsight, right, of course. But, but it's more logical to be able to do that with a player that's not a quarterback because when you're, when you're going after a quarterback, you take them when you want to take them. Yes. Like, even if Daniel Jones doesn't pan out, if the Giants thought Daniel Jones was their guy, you take him at six, bro, because you just never know. This idea that you could have got him in the teens, first of all, that's not true because I know somebody in the Giants organization that told me specifically Denver was going to take Daniel Jones, and Denver traded out of that 10th spot because Daniel Jones went before. So they thought that they could get him around 10, right? So when you have your eyes set on a quarterback – you do everything to get him. If it doesn't work, that's fine. But you still went after the guy that you wanted to get. Yeah. To answer your question, Gettleman has sort of won over some of the fan base. Because of free agency. Because of free agency. Last two years. And there are some GMs, bro, that are mad good at drafting. And then they're mad good at free agents. Because with free agents, you've seen them. You can you've evaluate them. them as pros. Yes, exactly. Which I feel like I would be a better GM in that sense. Yeah. Like, we've always had these debates like, yo, what would you do with the number three pick? Would you trade that for Bradley Beal or draft a guy? You know the, you know the proven commodity. I know, I know what proven... I'm getting with Bradley Beal. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, and also just, again, it all also really depends where your team is, right? Like, you, yeah. It all depends where you, t- t- you hit it on the head before. It depends where you are. The Giants weren't a running back away. Some teams aren't this one piece away. You need... A lot more than that. You, you know what pick is going to be interesting? What Cincinnati does at five? Offensive line. Right. I agree with you. But you saw Joe Burrow is going to bat for Jamar, Jamar Chase. Chase. They played together at LSU. There was a nice connection there. And and they could use some wide receiver help. I know they, struck, they, they, they hit on T. Higgins. They got Tyler Boyd over there. They lost A.J. Green. But he's a guy who I think... Cincinnati should go after. Yeah. I just think you see what ha- you saw what happened to Joe Burrow and how he got hurt. Yeah. And he's running for his life. Um Nah, I agree with you, man. I agree with you. It's it's tempting to add a weapon like a like a Pitts if like Pitts goes past four. Yeah. And you're looking at Jamar Chase, Smith, Waddle, Chase. I but again, you gotta look. I, I agree with you. I think it's gonna be offensive lineman, and it should be. I'm gonna be honest with you. The first four picks are going to be quarterbacks. So you think Atlanta goes after a quarterback? If they don't, they trade out. I think Carolina can move up. I think, you know, I I think there are teams that I re- I really think Carolina could move up without a doubt. I'm I'm not I'm I, I wouldn't be surprised if Atlanta took a quarterback, but I also think Carolina can move up as well for sure. I think it's going to be Lawrence Wilson, Mac Jones, probably Justin Fields. It's going to be the four quarterbacks. And then, you know, and then you make your pick at five. You you get that. Atlanta's at- probably where you're going to see a trade. Yeah. Carol- I really think Carolina could be the one that moves up. So do you do you trade with Carolina if you're Atlanta in division? Yeah, because maybe Carolina is higher on Justin Fields and maybe Atlanta's higher on Trey Lance. I understand that, but what I'm saying is you give say you're Carolina and you're Atlanta and you and I come to you and I'm like, yo, I want to make this trade. 
I want to move up and take your, your spot. But then if I hit on that quarterback, if I like Justin Fields and I'm Carolina and I hit on him, that's going to hurt you for the foreseeable future. I don't think – You don't think that gets No, I think it? it's different if you're trading like a superstar in division. I don't think it's the same if you're trading draft picks in the division. Okay, that's fair. You know what I mean? I don't it's, know where I side on this one. I'm just curious yeah, what, if, no. if you think that plays into it. Atlanta's – Alan will probably tell you Atlanta has holes. <laughs> yeah, a lot of them. Atlanta has a lot of holes. They can yeah. move back, you know. Maybe they like Trey Lance, and maybe they know that they can sit him behind Matt Ryan. You know, and Trey Lance played one game last year. <laughs> the literal the literal first one and done, by the way. Redshirt sophomore. Played his redshirt sophomore, played that year, killed it. Then the next year, the junior season, because of COVID or whatever, they only played one game. It was like a showcase game. Trey Lance didn't even play that great, by the way. And that's it. One of the first legit one and dones in college football. He's he could be good too, man, but he needs time. Same thing with Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields needs a little bit of time too, unless the offense is just straight, is straight. You know, with the running game, with, with like, you know, a lot of running plays built in for him because he's not going to be a guy on day one that could like make every throw. And I know you think like, oh, like what does that mean, like? There's some, there's some, you know, there's some, again, there's some accuracy issues on the, on some of the short stuff and, and he's great down the field and he can move. He, he's a great runner. He'll run people over. He's like a, he's like a, he's like a, a Cam Newton, but like an inch and a half, two inches shorter. Justin Fields. Man, he just reminds me of Watson so much. The one thing about th- that a lot of people speak very highly about Justin Fields is like great leader of men. This is like, sounds like another cliche, but it's true. That he like could galvanize the team. He's played in big moments. He's been the highest. He's been like the highest touted prospect for a really long time. Like that that shit is real. You know what I mean? And and especially at that position, that's important. Um, you know. And you would imagine if the guys gets into the right NFL program, some of the mechanics could get fixed. Like not trying to shit on him. How much do you think a team's upside moves in a draft? I don't know. It depends, right? Like, think about the Dallas Cowboys when they drafted Zeke. Think about the Colts when they drafted Nelson, right? There's certain kind of points. And you want to talk about, like, main top picks, right? Like I'm talking about a team takes. Like, remember last year, everyone had a boner about CEH going to the Chiefs. And, like, because, like, yo, you had another. The one thing they really needed, which was wrong, I thought, because Damian Williams was tremendous in the yeah, playoffs yeah. with them. You had a running back of that caliber. You, you spent a fir- it was the logic of you spent a first round pick on an offensive position that you're lacking. You're just adding more talent to this talented offense. It didn't really move the needle for me. It could get it. It could take a little time. Right? But what is? Do you think there's a team that if they hit on said position, you'll like them more from a winning championship perspective? I mean, probably because I have one in mind. I feel like if Buffalo gets oh, okay. a stud running back, interesting. Dep- yeah, like ETN or something like that, or like Najee Harris. That would be fire. Yeah, you throw a dude the problem like that. is they just took. They well, not just took, but they drafted two years ago. They took the kid Zach Moss. That was last year, I think. Last right? year, Zach and Moss. Who was and the year before? Devin Singletary. Yeah, but they haven't really shown you much, right? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I think it's fair to move. I thought forward. you were gonna say Miami because Miami was a borderline playoff team. They won ten games and they have a top six pick. Right. The, it, from the Houston trade. If you could, well, the Houston trade and the 49ers trade. Right, right, right. If you can, and with the night and what Miami did, which is genius, is Miami are probably identified at three. Okay. My, again, and like I said, Miami's smart. They know the quarterbacks are going to go. Miami moved to six and said, the guy we want to take at three is going to be there at six. Let's move back three spots and pick up additional first-round pick. It's genius. They knew it was going to happen. I'm telling you, first four are going to be quarterbacks. Draft starts at five. Hmm. And I'll be in Miami for the draft. Yeah? Yeah. Damn, son. Congrats. Pitts would be dope on Miami. Yo, you know... Pitts oh. would be dope. Two two tight end sets with Gasecki. Yeah, like like how well, Flores comes from New England, right? Yep, I was I was gonna bring that up. I'm just saying, Pitts could be. They probably they probably have Pitts 
the highest rated player on their board. They probably said, we're at three. He'll probably be there at six. We'll get the best guy on our board at six. And accumulate draft picks. Miami, I think, could really be that team. Anything else you want to add? Zach Wilson's going to be so good. <laughs> hey, man, I hope so. I hope so. Um, Trevor Lawrence has the higher floor. Like, Trevor Lawrence is the kind of quarterback that if he doesn't succeed, it has to solely do with the organization. Because he has all of the God-given talent. Size. He's, he yo, has, he's yeah. like... He hasn't been there hasn't been a guy like him since Andrew Luck. Yeah. And it's the safe pick. But there's like Sims thinks there's untapped potential with Trevor Lawrence, which is crazy to think, right? Mm. Um he can beat you. He's six five, six six. He can throw the ball over you. He can make all the throws. He's his running ability is elite, right? Trevor Lawrence is gonna go to Jacksonville and probably like rush for like 10 touchdowns. Maybe I'm exaggerating, but he can do it with his legs too, which is which is super impressive. Um probably the higher floor. Like like Trevor Lawrence at worst case scenario will be like the 10th worst quarterback, the 10th best quarterback in the league. You know what I mean? It's just he has so much of that ability and that that talent. To well, your point, he'll if it doesn't work out in Jacksonville for whatever reason, he'll go somewhere else and he'll be pretty damn good too. Yo, you know what I love about him coming out? He's thrown the ball a lot in college. Yeah. Like, like they were a high passing volume team in the three years that he was a starter. Yeah. Played in big games. Not afraid of the big lights. 86 and four as a starter dating back to high school. Yeah. But the one thing that I will look, he has thrown the ball shit ton, but it's very collegey. Clemson's offense. Oh, there's a new draft cliche on on him. High level escapability. But he's he's an elite athlete. Nah, he, he really is, yeah. You know, he's an elite athlete. Ability to generate sudden torque for a drive velocity. Yo, they're getting elite with some of these draft cliches. I have here written for Trevor Lawrence. Safe pick, consensus number one guy for years. If it doesn't work out, you can just say everyone else would have done the same thing. Played in big games, battle-tested, not afraid of the spotlight. Special running ability. Throws to a lot of wide-open receivers. Yeah. Well, T. Higgins is from Clemson. Yeah. That's the guy that was... Now, that doesn't mean he... That's that. That's not taking anything away from him. Mm. But that's a lot of the same with Justin Fields. Justin Fields is throwing a wide open guys. If he misses a throw, no big deal. He'll hit him on a post and he'll be open again on the next play. Uh, he didn't hit him on that one. No big deal. The next drive, he'll throw a screen and he'll break it for 80 yards because Ohio State is that good. Like the Justin Fields stuff, there's some bad games where they're bad, right? There's some games where he just can't figure it out. And it just, he has a bad game. So. But yo, Kellen Mond, bro, Texas A&M. I just I'm saying these guys so that when people hear the podcast, they be like, "Oh shit, let me look this guy up." Kellen Mond, Texas A&M quarterback, lost one game in the SEC last year. They beat the shit out of UNC in a bowl game. Texas A&M thought that they got uh, um, what's the word? They they thought they should have been in the top four, right? The playoff. Mm. What's the word I'm looking for? Hosed. Hosed. I was gonna say hosed, but that's not the word I was looking for. <laughs> Left out? Left like, out, yeah. Uh, you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, beat the shit out of UNC in a bowl game. Kellen Mond's going to be really There's a running good. back on UNC that's really good. Yeah. Bro, Kellen Mond's going to be nasty. Serious arm, can move. Um, Kaepernick-ish. Interesting. But more accurate and like... Interesting. But yeah. Let's do a Patreon roll call. All right, let's get it. Shout out to all the members of the Patreon, Nick Chavez, Christopher Velasquez, Daniel Gibson, Derek Plates, Devin Rondon, Jake Powers, Ryan Pisner, Mike Wozniak, and Corey Johnson Hoops. Patreon.com slash Veterans Minimum to join. Alexander Salim, get in touch with me. You won the crew neck for the month of March. Let's go. Check out the six pack with David Hill. Check out the podcast with David Hill from The Ringer if you haven't already. And he is sending me copies of his book that he wrote. 
Vapors. Have you gotten a chance to listen to that podcast? I did. Yo, pretty crazy that Arkansas was almost Vegas. Mad random, right? Yeah. Like, imagine how you feel about going to Vegas. That's how you would have felt about going to Arkansas. Little Rock. L- like, wild. Wild. Go, go so, it was very backs. insightful. And, yeah. Um, please check out the YouTube channel. You can watch pretty much a lot of podcast clips. And for the most part, like this one, you'll probably get the full episode of the podcast as well. YouTube.com slash Veterans Minimum. Impy, where can they find you? I-M-P-Y-718. You already know on Twitter and Instagram. At the Lamb Show is where you can find me at Veterans Minimum, where you can find everything for the show, and we will catch you guys next time. For the ones who know that a little late is always too late. And that the clock doesn't stop just because you're missing a part. Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry. And our KeepStock inventory management solutions help ensure you have the right stuff in the right place at exactly the right time. Visit Granger.com slash KeepStock to learn more. Granger for the ones who get it done. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.